You're listening to The Enlightened Podcast. I'm Dr. Sarah Jane, and I'm a gentle chiropractor, holistic counsellor, energetic worker, intuitive guide, and yoga and meditation teacher. I'm the host and creator of The Enlightened Podcast, and I'll be bringing you stories of resilience, consciousness, healing, the human experience, and just how trauma, loss, and grief can shape us to be more compassionate and more empathetic human beings than ever before. These stories are for the highly sensitive, the empaths, and those wanting to hear a unique approach to holistic health. Hey, welcome everybody to this episode. I was a bit nervous with that intro going then because we actually have my wonderful singing teacher, Taylor, joining us today. <laughs> and I'm like, I hope that my timing wasn't as off in our singing lessons as it usually is in that intro. So <laughs> we'll soon find out. But yes, so our next guest is the ever so talented Taylor Piggott. And I'm so excited that he's joining us today as um, he's just so inspirational to me and he's just an authentic and genuine guy and he's just a beautiful singer and songwriter here in Melbourne Um, and, like I said before, has also the very challenging job of being my singing teacher every fortnight. So um, Taylor and I have loads of laughs together and, honestly, he's actually helped me immensely in terms of my music journey and he really does that by creating a safe space and, yeah, he just has so much acceptance and non-judgment and safety to him, yet pushes me when I need it most as well. So he's just a really special person and I wanted him to join us today just so you guys and my clients could hear just how you can leave your day job, so to speak, and the security that this brings, but still take the leap of faith into pursuing your dream full-time by believing in yourself and, I guess, pushing through those barriers of fear and I guess ultimately living a life in alignment with who you are and who you truly are meant to be. So, hello, Taylor. What's up? How are we doing? <laughs> doing so good. I know you're recording this in your little van up by the beach while it's raining and pouring. So, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah. What, what a wrap, by the way. Thanks for that beautiful intro. You paid me to say those things, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't. No, I actually pay you, don't I? So, Tay, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and I guess your journey to be uh, where you are currently now and where you've been? Yeah, well, um, my name's Tay um, and I'm an acoustic singer-songwriter from down on the peninsula in, in Melbourne, Australia. Um, I guess like, yeah, I was born and raised on a country farm out in, uh, out in old Cranny, Cranny South, which is, uh, which is really good. Just raised there with, um, my family and I guess that's kind of where my musical journey really began. So just on that farm, um, and being surrounded by my music at such a, a young age. Yeah, it, I know. So Tell me about how you knew that singing was for you, that singing was your thing. So you obviously started from a younger age, um, but how did you know that, I guess, that was your, your passion? Um, I mean, like, so when we, when we lived out on the farm, and, and ever since, like, uh, a younger age, every time we would, ha- like, we would have family dinners a lot, um, and at the end of the, you know, the dinners, uh, I guess my parents would always be like, okay, and now Taylor's going to perform for us and I would dress up like <laughs> I would dress up like Shania Twain and just run around the house and just pretend literally pretend I was Shania Twain listening to Shania Twain songs so that's kind of where my musical inspiration um really began and I I, came, I got this fascination for music and um like the ability music has to connect to so many people um and I guess being so young at the time I didn't really realize the impact um, that it had then, I just liked songs and I liked singing along and I just liked, you know, uh, the, the beat, I guess, and melodies that you create. And that kind of just develops into so something so much bigger, which I've learned, I does. guess. Yeah, I've learned over the years. 
I just love that you you have no shame in saying that you loved Shania Twain. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no. I, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> She's a full country goddess. Thank so you. I love that you just threw that out. I wasn't expecting that and it's just clicked to me that you did have the Shania Twain little um, uh, figurine on your your piano in our singing lessons and now it's all made sense as to why. I didn't yeah. know the, the backstory. <laughs> That's it. I was actually supposed to go see her live this year in Vegas but unfortunately because of the uh the, oh, no. the virus that got cancelled but that's okay it wasn't meant to be there'll be another time <laughs> there will um, be another time Shania is still waiting for you yeah that's it that's it uh, <laughs> I guess like I look back at it now and I think the thing that inspired me so much um wasn't just like her music it was mm-hmm. that she was this you know like this female who was just a god like she was the boss and um, it was just so cool to see that at such a young age. It was really, really cool. Very inspiring. Yeah, I, I, loved, I loved her um, and still do love her, but we don't hear much about her anymore. But I guess give everyone a little catch-up as to what you do now. Like obviously you're a singing, um, singing teacher and a singer-songwriter, but what does a day in Tay kind of look like at the moment and what did it used to look like? Yeah, so at the moment I'm a coach down at Coach Music Academy, which is um, – just a dream come true really to be able to pass on my knowledge with music and kind of inspire and resonate with people like yourself um, and other students. It's uh, definitely like I've never imagined that I'd be able to get to that, that stage in my life and be able to actually be passing on knowledge to others. So that's um, definitely, yeah, just definitely one of the the things I'm, I'm really kind of proud of. Um, and I guess like my days at the moment is, yeah, so doing teaching a lot. Um, I'm also recording, so I do a lot of production work. Um, I, I get a lot of my own songs recorded. I'm a, a performing artist here in Melbourne. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, the gigs have uh, been cancelled for a while, but that's also been a well-needed break, I think, So, which has been good. Um, and before that, I used to work in a factory. A factory? <laughs> yeah, I used to yeah. work at uh, a food wholesaler, which was um, very different, like driving around in a in a forklift. So yeah, yeah, yeah very That's different. A little bit different, but yeah, very different environment. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, definitely like a well needed change, I think, in my life. Like to get to to be able to make something you're passionate about your um, your job is kind of like that ideal bubble that I really wanted to, to be in. Mm. And I think it's that really hard, especially when it's kind of an artsy kind of job or creative job that you're actually wanting to do as well. So, you know, it's it's not a clear pathway in terms of being able to make that your job, so to speak, because, yeah, you know, with anything like dancing, singing, music, acting, all those kind of creative art forms, um, it, there's not, I guess, many day jobs that you can actually do. Um, to That's why so many people in your position and so many other creatives and so many other artists usually do have, um, you know, a different job and then they're performing and singing, you know, at night or at weddings or whatever it might be or, if you know, for actors they're, they're working in a cafe and then so they can attend auditions and things as well. But it really, really is challenging to, I guess, make that transition from, when you were like, okay, I'm in the factory, that's okay for now, but it's not where I want to be forever and actually let go of the security and the safety that that kind of job does bring because it does. It's a consistent paycheck every week, you know. Um, It's very easy to not necessarily get stuck in that environment but to stay in that safety rather than going, I guess, full pursuit for something that you're wanting to do. Like even when I started doing um, my practice when I first opened it I actually worked as a chiropractor for someone else um, while I was building up the practice and once I got it to a certain state that's when I said okay I'll let go of this and I'll focus completely on my on my practice but there's many people who come and see me as well who are other health practitioners who are in a similar position to that but they still can't let go of that job. They can't let go of that consistent paycheck. They can't let go of that, um, you know, the money that they're receiving and fully let go of that in order to pursue what it is they actually really want to be doing or pursuing. So do you have any advice in regards to how you did that and how you took that leap 
Yeah, I guess like it's just acknowledging the fact that you are like for me, I, I just knew that I was really unhappy um, where I was. And I, and I guess I just knew that I didn't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like I didn't want to stay as a food wholesaler. I, I felt like I just had a bit more of a, of a purpose or um, just something to give to other people. So for me, that wasn't my end goal. But, you know, for other people, that might be it and that might be their happiness. Um, yeah, but for me, that that was it was just acknowledging that, okay, I'm actually not happy here. Um, so how am I going to get to that next step? And then it was just really kind of talking to people around me that I've already uh, like already doing it, already making music full time um, and just seeing how they did it. Um, and I was, yeah, just really inspired, I guess, by the, the people around me. Um, and it was just that understanding, like, look, if they can do that, then there's no reason why you can't do it. Um, and it was just that initial jump that was the, the scariest part, I guess, like completely being independent and, and not having, like you said, that, that consistent paycheck in your pocket for that first couple of months is the most terrifying part of going into, um, you know, w- what you want to do. Um, but yeah, it's just making sure that you, like for me, it was just, uh, like I'm sure you know about my spreadsheets. I I love spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> and I I've really, seen a few of them in my time with you. Like have yeah. a look at my spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you know that I like, I, I got down these spreadsheets. I read um, The Barefoot Investor just to kind of like, because at, at that stage as well, I was in a lot of debt. Um, I got a, a car loan and, and you know, yeah, around this transition time, just a lot of things didn't really go the right way, but it was really like, I'm very thankful that it happened because I learned so much in that time. Um, and yeah, if it wasn't for like reading the Barefoot Investor, just having my emergency funds there so that if, you know, one week I don't get a gig, I've still got that there just in case that really helped me get across the line. And then from there, everything kind of just flowed and kept growing organically. And because, um, like, you know, when you're really passionate about something, I think more opportunities open up and you start to, um, you know, uh, meet more like-minded people. And so that keeps just um, snowballing, which was really yeah. good. Yeah. I, I love your spreadsheets. And I also love how honest you are about that and how you really took – I, not for lack of a better word, but a realistic approach so that you could do what you wanted to do still. So you were like, okay, what do I need in place to create that safety, that safety net in order to feel safe to pursue this in a way that's still realistic? Um, Because, you know, we all have read the books and heard the podcasts or listened to the things where it's all like, just go for it. But there's not really much said about the plan on how to actually do that. And I loved that you spoke about, you know, you knew that this wasn't where you wanted to be in your life. You knew that there was a greater purpose. And so many people do know that, but they still stay there. So what I loved about what you said is that you took advice from people who were already doing what you wanted to do, Um, which is so important because, you know, it'd be like taking financial advice from someone who didn't have very good finances. You know, we do that so often. We rely upon people's opinions or advice who have never really done what we want to do. And so the fact that you went to people who this is their job, they're doing exactly what you want to be doing, is that that advice is just priceless. And you took that and used that and then went, okay, so how can I replace this consistent paycheck with this day job that I know is not for me and bring that security and safety in a way where I can still live my purpose and live my dream and pursue music. Cause it's, 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 you make it sound easy, but it's actually not that easy to do. So many people get so stuck in that they still want it. They know they want it, but that leap, like you said, is the hardest. And I'm glad that you touched on that and that you also touched on that first, you know, couple of months being the toughest, those transition stages where, you're still not quite sure if this was a good idea or if if everything's going to work out or whatever it might be. The fact that you had that that net there to help protect you and help guide you during that time, I think, is really important for others to take home with that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's, yes, and it's so um. Oh, anytime it's um anything to help pass on that knowledge, I guess. And it's um, yeah, I guess like 
I'm sure you'd feel it as well. Sometimes it's um, it can be your own mental battle. Like that's the hardest part as well. Like if I think back to that transition stage, it's it's also the self doubt that can come along with it. Like, oh, am I actually doing the right thing here, or is is this actually the path that's right for me? But I think at the end of the day, it was always good to know. Well, you know, if it doesn't work out, there's nothing stopping me from going back to my job, um, and I can try it again. So I don't think like it's not always just about that first jump. There's you can if if you've already made that jump and it didn't work out, there's no reason why you can't do it again with the knowledge that you had. Yeah, and I guess that's a big important thing to point out too because I think people think, oh, well, if I fail it before, I'll fail again Um, or maybe I'm just not, you know, especially in the music industry or maybe I'm just not talented enough, maybe I'm just not good enough, maybe my songs aren't as good as this person's or what if I do do this and it doesn't go well? You know, we we tend to think of all the the things that (laughs) are pointing to the reasons why it may not work as opposed to why it could work and what it would mean if it did. So I think that's so important. But you touched on again, and I know I spoke to you about it before, that music is your passion. But for me and and what I see in my practice and, and even myself at times I've experienced too is that I was unsure or they are unsure about what their passion or purpose actually is. A lot of people are like, well, if I knew what it was, I would do it or whatever that might be. But how do you think you could, is there any advice that you could give others in terms of helping them discover their passion or their purpose, just like you discovered music? Yeah, I think, I think it's, like for me, it was, I always turned to music and, and not just music, like acting as well. I used to love to act and just all of those artsy things um, because I always felt like I was just, could just be myself in those times. So if I was singing a song, I could just really be me and I wasn't afraid of anyone's judgment or I wasn't really, um, yeah, I feel, I don't know, like I feel like in primary school, there would be times I don't know if we will take this to a primary school. Like if you were at primary school and you had uh, a friend call you a name or something and it really upset you, I feel like if that same situation happened when I was singing, it wouldn't upset me, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, no, it does. Yeah, I, I just feel like for, for me and finding my passion, it was always not a, not worrying about anyone other, like anyone else's judgment or opinion. Um, and I guess if you're trying to find your passion – or trying to find, you know, where your heart lies. It has to be something that you're not going to, like, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Like, that's something that you just love. Um, and I guess it, it might, it can be really hard for some people to find that. But it's just sticking true to what you really love and what what makes you happy. Can you close your eyes and just be really content with doing what you're doing? Or is there that... Um, I don't know, is it, is it not making you feel that happy? Mm. Yeah, and I think you have to have that self-awareness or that willingness to kind of have that um, conversation with yourself. Like, it, you know, it takes a, a form of taking the denial out, like, okay, no, seriously, am I doing this because I want to do it or am I doing it because everyone told me that's what I should be doing? Yeah. Or, you know, um, did I become a lawyer? Did I become this? Did I become that? Because I was told that that would be a safe job or a good job and is it actually something that I want to do with my life or am I living at everyone else's expectations or wants for me, you know? And I know for myself before I found Cairo, I was like, oh, you know, I knew there was something bigger that I was supposed to be doing but I couldn't quite find out what it was I just knew that it was to do with helping people and the I don't know if many know this about me but when I found chiropractic I was actually a fashion buyer at the time and for a surfwear company and I was finishing my psychology degree and as much as I love fashion I still do love fashion it wasn't quite meaningful enough for me yeah so I knew that there was something missing um it's not that I hated it I just knew that it wasn't wasn't changing the world, so to speak, in the way that I wanted to change the world. It was about how much money you could make. And what I also didn't like about it was that it wasn't like the fashion that you wanted to choose because you loved it. It was about what would sell, you know. So yeah. it was it just didn't feel right to me. So I know I I went home and I jumped on the computer and I went into seek. And you know how you can type in your search keywords. My search keyword was meaningful. 
Oh, there you As go. that's the thing I was really looking for. I was like, no, like I know I can do anything. You know, I always had the confidence in myself that I could do that, but I was like, it just doesn't feel meaningful enough. And there was one job that came up and it was to be a practice manager for a chiropractor. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had no experience in it, had no idea what even chiro was. I was like, is that kind of like a physio or an osteo? I don't know. Um, yeah. But I just loved that they had, you know, there was like a self-development aspect to it, a meaningful aspect to it, a purpose aspect to it. These were all words that were touched on in this ad. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to apply for it, even though I have no experience whatsoever in this field. And I applied for it and she rang me, the chiropractor, Dr. Carly Axford's her name for those listening. Um, She was living in Bali, but she's now in Queensland um, doing her own teachings. So if you ever want to look her up, she's amazing. But she called me in and said, would you like to come in for an interview? And I said, okay. So I went there and I drove down. And as soon as I walked into the practice, the, the, I suppose the way I can describe it is it was the first time I felt like home somewhere. So yeah. similar to what you're saying with your singing you just and your acting that you could be you, like I walked in there and I was like, this feels like me. I looked at the books on the shelf. There were books that I had at home um, at the, to the way it smelled, to the way it looked, to the feeling it had. I was just like, wow, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I, this is, this is it. And anyway, I got the job somehow <laughs> after forcing her, forcing her to hire me yeah. and you know, fell in love with Cairo and, and specifically um, non-manipulation chiropractic, gentle chiropractic or network spinal analysis for those listening as well if you want to Google a little bit more about the type of Cairo that I utilise. And I fell in love with it. It changed my life. I finished my psych degree, said, mm, I'm still not sure. I started looking at other modalities and I was like, no, it has to be Cairo. So I, I finished studying for four years and then went back and studied a five-year full-time course because um, I just knew it was nothing else that I wanted to do in this world. And, uh, yeah, it's it's funny how we find it. But I suppose my advice from that is don't think that your job is to find it so much and just be open to receiving it finding you as well. And, um, you know, because we spend so much time trying to figure it out, like rationalize with our brain, whereas sometimes it's just the feeling you get when you're doing that or you're in that environment, I yeah. think, as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a great way to put it. It should just feel like home. I feel like that's that, that just like really wraps it up. Yeah. That's great. So, <laughs> and please don't think that you're not succeeding if you don't know what your passion is. You know, um, so many people are like, well, what is it? You know, and they get frustrated that they don't know and everyone else knows. But there is a time where people don't know or they don't follow it. And you can also have more than one passion in this life as well. And it can look different. So for me, I chose Cairo because I wanted to help people that way. But I could also help people in many ways, in many other jobs. So I know that it could have been other, you know, other avenues for me to help people in a way. So try to try to figure out what it is that you're actually wanting to do. What what is it, and then maybe look at career possibilities around that as yeah. well. Yeah, that's so true. Now, I suppose, like I said to you, you were saying it like it was very easy, but what really gave you the courage to pursue music full time? Because there has to be a courageous aspect to it. Because you had to believe in yourself. You had to think that you could take, you know, this leap and, and have it work out. Or I'm assuming you probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah, that's true. I think like at the time as well, there was that element of like just being a little bit rebellious and be like, ooh, let's just see how this, this pans out. Um, but I, I, it definitely just came down to like, yeah, acknowledging that I was, I was just really unhappy. Um, and and it wasn't necessarily like the, the people that I worked with were so supportive of my music as well. And um, I think they all kind of just knew that that's, you know, this wasn't necessarily for Tate. That's not his, yeah, his end goal. Um, and it, it's just acknowledging that, that, you know, this isn't making me happy. It's I'm not getting up and, and I'm not like motivated to go, work and and drive a forklift anymore i'm more motivated by the the idea of um of 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 singing and um and teaching and kind of like yeah being able to pass on that knowledge to to other people so that that was really my goal and i think other than that just like when i had that in my mind like right i'm gonna do this this is this is what's happening it was kind of that fight or flight 
fight or flight mode. I was just mm-hmm. I was just going for it, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> you were either going to fly or you were going to fall, and you you flew, which That's is it. great. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to jump, I suppose, to find out, don't you? Yeah, um, yeah. Which is yeah. So it's so amazing. And I love that you said that everyone you worked with was supportive of you as well. And I think that they must have seen that in you as well, that not that you didn't belong there as such, but you didn't, you know, it wasn't your place. Your place was in music because I'm sure you brought the music to the factory where you were working. And, the, you know, that's how you know it's something you're passionate about as well because, yeah, you're driving the forklift, but are you singing the whole time you're driving it, you know? So <laughs> you're so kind true. of a package deal with yeah. the music, I think. <laughs> so true that's literally what I did I just I sang on the forklift they were probably sick of me by the time I left they were like thank god he's out (laughs) they wanted you to pursue it so they didn't have to hear you anymore yeah Yeah. that's how I actually that's how I learned how to sing Really? (laughs) really no and I know you did night shift as well so it was really tough for you yeah it was a challenge it was very different very different times I look back and that was just like a I was a different human being then very different very um yeah very different that's a good thing we all want to be different we all want to be transforming and and changing we don't want to be the same person we were you know three years ago or four years ago we want to be seeing that that growth in ourselves that's what makes us human you know um what is your next dream or your next leap of faith move that you're wanting to make so you've done this what's the next step for you Ooh, for me like um I, yeah, just just releasing music now and kind of like yeah, um, taking a step away from the cover gigs um, as much at the moment. Even though I'm like super grateful of that, and I love I love doing um, any type of performance really, and and I'm so you know so grateful for that. But my next my next goal is actually just trying to be um, yeah. yeah, trying to be me and and writing more. And I guess like my my end goal is to be able to sing, like perform music, perform songs that can make a huge impact on, uh, you know, thousands of people. That's my my absolute dream, just to be able to reson- resonate with that many people. And I'm not sure if I'll ever get there or, or what what my path is yet, but I know that's that's where I'm I'm shaping my um, my path now. So that's kind of what I what I really want to do. So just write. Um, one goal I have is I just I decked out a van um, and I kind of just want to go up to Byron and travel around Australia and connect with people and busk um, and see if I can make a, a living that way off music, if that's a, a possibility. Just never know. But, that's yeah, I think that's kind of like one of the visions that I have. I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. Um, yeah. Oh, I think you'd be amazing at that. And I remember when you bought your van, um, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to deck this van out and go traveling. And I'm like, of course you are, yeah. you know. Um, I, <laughs> but I just love that about you, how free you are and how flexible you are. And you're like, oh, well, this could be a way that I can, but it all re- um, revolves around music still and your love for that. And But ultimately your love for music is based upon a connection with others and, you know, um, storytelling for others, which is why I think it's so important for you to pursue your own songs and your own songwriting and um, being an artist that way too because I think that's how, you know, it's almost nostalgic in a way. You're, you're singing advice and your own stories and your own experiences in hope to help someone else. That's what singing is, um, you know, helping them through a time that helped you you know so it's it's really such a beautiful art form and even since doing my singing lessons with you it's therapy in itself you know just connecting um to music and connecting to a place that's almost a a place of mindfulness like you forget about all your troubles when you're singing you're just in this you're in the present moment you're in this beautiful moment and you have to be to create amazing music so I can definitely understand why you're so drawn to it and you just are so natural at it you're just yeah a naturally talented human one of those annoying people they can pick up the guitar and the piano and play everything oh but I'm (laughs) terrible at sports so not talented at everything (laughs) (laughs) you haven't seen me kick a football (laughs) (laughs) but yeah if you ever um, want to find tape for singing lessons please do but he's just phenomenal you'll just he'll go what do you want to sing today and you'll tell him a song and he'll just start playing it on the piano I'm like how do you know how to do that he's just phenomenal but I, yeah, I wanted to see where your next um, goalpost was, so to speak. But speaking about you and 
you know, your nature and just this great spirit that you have. You, you literally light up every room that you're in. Um, that's the best way that I can put it. Oh, thank but, you so much. Yeah, you, you really do. You've just got such a beautiful soul to you. But are there ever times where you feel like life is hard or that you do have challenges but you put on that smile anyway because you always have such a positive attitude and outlook um, but you know, sometimes I even know myself, like people will think that I'm always happy and always smiling and, and all that kind of thing. But sometimes I use that not as a, you know, a mechanism as such, but I, people sometimes don't see what I'm actually going through realistically behind that mask, behind my smile. Um, you know, have you ever found that you've had some challenges, but you still decide to have a positive attitude anyway? Or tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that's just, just a part of being human you know I envy the people who just just don't have issues and like can really just I like yeah so yeah where are they yeah <laughs> where are those humans yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just all a part of, of being human and, and and the process hey like um absolutely like there's definitely times even just in the music game where you're kind of like is this right for me am, am I doing that you know is this the path for me and it's it's always going to be a constant um struggle with yourself i i guess it but it's it's just giving it's trying to um yeah remember remember that you you are going to get through it and and we we all have those days those off days yeah 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 we definitely do but you you just always have such a positive attitude and he really you, yeah, you just really do, and I admire that about you. Whenever I'm sad or whatever, and I go into my singing lesson, you'll always ask me how my week is, and then you become my therapist for about an hour until we actually start singing. But, <laughs> but you, yeah, you just have um, a way to lift up my spirits by just being in your presence. Seriously, so you know, I think that's just an important thing to remind you of because you do have that ability, which is a beautiful ability to have. So, oh, hey, thank you. So do you. <laughs> you lift my Sometimes. spirits <laughs> thank you tay thank you so i guess you know we've been talking a little bit about fear and how you push past yours in order to kind of follow this path of yours but do you have any advice for anyone out there currently in that position before they're, they're at the factory or whatever they are at and they're about to make a, the leap but they just can't they're feeling completely stuck you know do you have any advice for them to i guess unstuck themselves <laughs> in that in that little moment because if they don't leap they may not ever leap yeah well I think hey if you know that you're stuck that's that's really good because you've acknowledged that you've, you've you know that that's not what you want or it's not necessarily where you want to be so that's a great that's like that's a really that's a great thing to to, to, to just know that um and I guess like if I was back at that situation or if I felt like I was stuck again it's kind of for me, it was, it's just ask questions, ask people around you, ask people that may have already done it or, or doing things, um, that you, you feel like you, you want to do. I think just asking questions, um, people are so generous with their time. A lot of the time, like when you just, you just ask, um, that helped me a lot because I, you know, I just didn't know. I didn't understand things. Um, but the more you ask, the more you'll learn. And I, and I guess yeah. that kind of can really help just in understanding whether the when the right time is to make that move or, or um, just getting the knowledge there before you just jump in. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also about realizing that they're human too you know they they didn't know what they were doing the whole time either um they found out how to do it and they started doing it you know so don't separate yourself from someone else thinking that oh they they knew more than me they were more special than me they're more talented than me and that's why they are where they are that's not necessarily true especially in the music world you know you can have amazing singers but they're still not you know um what people might des describe as successful singers because it's not just about that. It's about other qualities too. But, you know, if you think that other people are different to you and that's why they're successful, you're kind of, I guess, burying, you're putting a barrier up, burying. I don't know if that's even a word. Burying. But you're burying. 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 <laughs> you're stopping yourself because you're you're treating yourself like you're you're different and that they knew something that you didn't. But you can find out, 
you know. Oh, that's it. And like one of the best, um, the best advice that I got, the best thing that I heard is there's people out there doing what you want to do who actually don't know what they're doing, but they've just, they're just doing it. Um, and there's like people who, are, yeah, they don't really, they don't know. They're not, and you might be better at what you actually do than them, but they're just doing it. They took that, that step. So um, there's always, yeah, there's always that there, you know, it's just getting over that initial hurdle. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they, they're people out there who I guess know less than you are, less talented than you are, less whatever than you, and they're doing it. And it's because they didn't have that fear stopping them as well. Like for me, even with this podcast, I literally just went, oh, I'll start a podcast. No idea how to record one. No idea how to even upload it. The day I, I announced the podcast to everyone was the day I found out how to upload it. Yeah. <laughs> there you, go. you know, um, so you know, I guess for me, I've worked that muscle enough now where I know I'll work it out. I've done it enough times where I'm like, I trust myself to be able to figure it out. And yeah, I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. And I'm still learning now. I'm literally, you know, practicing this in a public space or public forum. Um, And I'm not ashamed of that. You know, I don't try to make it look like I am a professional podcaster. and I've been doing this for years. I'm actually like, hey, this is my you know, fourth episode, I'm learning as I go and I'm okay with that. And hopefully that creates space for others to be okay with that and, you know, stop that perfectionism getting in the way. Because I think so many people never start something because they want it to be perfect. Yeah, and that's it. it. So they just never start anything. And if I waited till things were perfect, I wouldn't be able to leave my house, you know. (laughs) That's it. It's 50% being prepared and it's 50% just winging it, I think, just... Absolutely. Yeah. Making it up as you go. Definitely. And, you know, and having that confidence in yourself or that ability to back yourself that you'll figure it out anyway. So for me, like my, I guess my expectations of myself isn't to release something or isn't to be, you know, offer this to the public once it's at a hundred percent or it's at that perfect idea. If it's at about 60, 70%, I'm okay with that. And I'll release it you know, um, because, yeah, if you have unrealistic expectations of yourself, you're literally preventing yourself from being able to, you know, achieve so much just based on this idea that it has to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know you mentioned that you were quite supported in your talents, but I know there's so many people listening who are like, but what if people don't like it? What if people think I'm not good enough? What if people, you know, think I've released this thing and they don't like it? Well, that's okay as long as you've enjoyed it and you're enjoying it. That's it, 100%. And not everyone's going to like what you do. Um, I really no. struggled with that. Really. How dare yeah. they? I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, how dare they? <laughs> Everybody loved me. <laughs> Everyone loved me. It's such a human thing though, isn't it? It's like I remember I was in high school and I found out that this girl didn't like me. Someone said to me, oh, you know, blah, 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 doesn't really like you. She said that. And, you know, it's not that I didn't really like her either, but I knew we we didn't connect, so to speak. And I cried for, like, days because this girl who I knew I didn't connect with didn't like me, Yeah, you know. Um, so <laughs> I was the same. Don't worry. I, was, I hate it when, yeah, that feeling of someone not liking you or like, it's just, I don't know, it doesn't sit well with me. But I think that's uh, in itself is, is like, um, a technique. Hey, like, you've just got to we got to get used to that but like not everyone's going to like what you do but that's okay that's that's fine yeah it, it really is because it's impossible and uh yeah so I, I definitely hear you on that one and yeah it's a tough one to overcome but I think you know if you even sit with yourself and go okay well I don't like every song I hear either you know that doesn't mean that that person's not talented or that person's not good it just means that that's not resonating with me and I think sometimes we we take things so personally you know um whereas it's usually about that person's perceptions and that maybe how that song made that person feel you know rather than the actual quality of of the song that you've written for instance yeah yeah that's it so I was looking at your Instagram last night because I wanted to come up with some roundabout questions to ask you possibly you're an outlier and I saw that I couldn't grasp it completely but I saw that you were traveling around Australia at one point for some kind of mental health initiative so I'm assuming that 
that's because singing and songwriting has somewhat been therapeutic for you. So can you tell me a little bit about how that's been the case for you and, and how singing and songwriting can, um, I guess, you know, relieve mental health issues or how it can help someone during those stages of life where they're feeling, you know, either anxious or depressed or, or oh, whatever? Yeah, absolutely. Like music for me has always been my outlet. Um, I feel like when you can just write down your thoughts or feelings on piece of paper, whether it's just journal, like just as a journal, just writing really, really helps. It's just um, a release. And I guess everyone's release is different. You know, some people might go to the gym, you know, to release that energy. But for me, it's always been music. I felt like I could just be so vulnerable um, and I could just, yeah, put anything that I was feeling into a song. And that's always been my way of releasing that. Um, I, I learned that from a very young age when I was, when I was quite younger, I was 12, I had a close friend of mine pass away and with dealing with all of those emotions, especially being so young, I didn't understand a trauma at that time. I didn't really understand like all of these emotions that I was having. Um, and I thought the only, like the, what got me through that is, is just writing, um, and I, and I wrote songs, I wrote a song for him and that really, really helped me. Um, and not only that, it resonated with so many people. So then I guess in both hands I had, well, I can write things that are really sad for me and, and, you know, this is my trauma. And on the other hand, people understand that and they're listening and, and they feel that too. Um, and I just learned from such a young age that if you can be vulnerable and be really true and real with your emotions, then people are going to connect with that. And it, it just means that they're taking on that as well. You're not holding on to that yourself. It just, it's almost feels like a support system um, mm. in some way in, in music. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I got to writing and, and kind of, and releasing my emotions through music. Yeah, and you do it so well. Um, you just mentioned there that it feels like it's almost been a support system for you or a comfort for you during hard times, and I can definitely see how that that's definitely played out in your life. But has there been any other really big supporters in your life for you and on your music journey? Oh, absolutely. Mum and Dad, the family. Mum and Dad. <laughs> always the family. Um, yeah, I think for me, like, the support of the initial like going into music, just having my family there when I couldn't sing at all, I couldn't hold notes, but them making me feel like I was Shania Twain or making me feel like I was, I could just be anyone and do anything that, that really, um, that really helped having that support there of the family. And then through, through life and through my musical journey, it's always been, um, you know, there's pivotal people in my life that have just supported me so much and really, really helped, you know, like at Coach, there's Alana and Angus who have just. And Rupert. And Rupert, yeah, that <laughs> have just completely changed my life and, like, they really have changed my life. Um, and there's there's always people that you're meeting that support you, like you, you support me. And and my students, it's, it's just, um, yeah, just keeps going <laughs> yeah we all believe in you and your music and yeah Al Alana and Angus are just beautiful over at coach and Rupert's there a grudel who I just adore so yeah. if you're wondering why I gave a shout out to Rupert he's their dog there which I just love um <laughs> he's so but, cute yeah <laughs> he's the best um but yeah I think it is so important to feel like people are in your corner as well and they do believe in you too, especially your loved ones. Um, it can just help so much in that, I don't know, in that transformation for you believing in yourself. And, yeah, I think you've been blessed in that way because, you know, you do the same for everyone else around you. So I think if you want to be supported by people more, you have to support others more and that's definitely what you do as well. So, um the only other person I wanted to touch on who I know is extremely close, close to you um, was your nan. Oh, nan. Um, nan. And just maybe you could just describe why, you know, she was so important to you and special to you and 
I guess, yeah, some of the important things that she taught you or that you learned from her along the way. Yeah, oh, Nan's the, Nan's are the best. She was just um, just a beautiful soul, a really, really um, supportive and I guess pivotal person in my life and, and, and not just in music, just in, in growing up. Um, she was, and she would always come down to gigs and everything. And, um, you know, I just, I learned so much from her and her like resilience and just her attitude towards life. Um, that kind of everything will be okay. And every, everything will just work out. She always just had that, you know, nuns just have that attitude. They just, they just give you that warm feeling of like, oh, I just feel safe with you. I feel, feel like everything's okay. Um, so I just, yeah, I learned so much from Nan and I'm so thankful that I got to spend so many quality years with her, um, and, and being so close with her as well. It's, it's really, really just like passed on into my life and, um, into my attitudes and my way of thinking. Um, yeah, she's really special human. Yeah, she was, and I know that you wrote a song for her when she had passed away as well. So, yeah, I know that that was very special to you and that it took, you know, I think, what did you say, it took around a month before you could actually write it or release it? Yeah, it it, it was quite a while, but I needed that release. Yeah. 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 If you ever meet Tay, he talks about his nan and he's got a tattoo on him in memory of his nan so yeah I just had to ask ask him about her because I know how important she was to him and still is um but yeah I just I'm so glad that you joined me today and hopefully that people hearing your story gives them a little bit of a you know a confidence boost that they can do it too if they can do it they can do it too absolutely Um, you know it may not be overnight but you know you can do it if it's something that you really want to do and if you know that that job's not for you, you know, you're here once. This is your life. You know, if you want to make it happen, the only person that can do that is you. And I hope that listening to this podcast, you, you know, you get that understanding that there is a way to to live a life more in alignment with who you are, just like Tay and I have done. And I suppose I just wanted to finish off with asking Tay to do a little performance for us as well. So he's just released a new song. I'll let him tell us a bit about it. I was waiting up, I don't know, to some some time to listen <laughs> to it being released on Triple J for Tay. Uh, my nana time is usually in bed by about, I don't know, 10 o'clock, but I stayed up to listen to its debut for him. So can you tell us a little oh, bit more about your new song? You are the best. <laughs> well, thanks for staying up and listening. That means the world. Um, yeah, this is a little song called, it's called Super Glue and Sticky Tape. Um, and it's actually quite a funny story how I wrote it. It was back when I was in uni, so it's, it's quite old now. It's, it's, um, it's about, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's about five years old and I recorded it and re-recorded it. And I never really released it. I kind of just put it on YouTube and, and that was it. So it was good to, to finally get back in the studio and, and get it to, you know, to release on Spotify and across Triple J. Um, but it actually just started out as a uni task, which was the task is it's actually really cool. I encourage you to do it or anyone who wow. wants to get a little bit creative. You find, um, so let's just say where you're sitting now, you'll put a timer on your phone for a minute. And you try and write 10 things, so like 10 song titles of things you can see around you. Um, and so mine, when I wrote this, I was at, just at my desk and there was like rulers and, you know, pens and paper and super glue and sticky tape. And that was one of the things that I wrote in my 10, 10 <laughs> song titles. And then the next part of that is you take your song title um, or you pick the strongest one and you go, that's going to be my song title. And then from that, you write a song based off the other things you've written down. So in the first verse, you can hear it's like I staple my heart back to pieces and I'm talking, you know, there's just all this visionary of where I was sitting at my desk. And then from then it just morphed into a love song. I was going through a bit of a breakup at the time um, and that kind of didn't work out because we weren't on the same understanding of what we wanted in a relationship. And I guess that kind of ended up hurting a bit more than it should have. So this is where that song came from. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. A little, a little fun fact for you. 
had no idea. I was just finished reading this book by Phil Knight, who's the founder of Nike, and Nike was his university project. Oh. Yeah, in coming up with a shoe business, and he travelled the world and made it happen. So it's, I'd love to know how many things have been created from what we think are meaningless uni projects. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. It's um, you, you learn so much from it, hey? <laughs> Yeah. All right, Tay, we're ready for your performance. I'm excited. Woo. All right. Should I just um should I just start away? away? All right. All right. Please do. <laughs> Stay from my heart. Back from pieces, the promises continue to make. Measure my love by the inches with a ruler, we continue to break. And it's getting cold outside. Giving me stitches and scars, killing bruises and marks, but it's okay. I'm covered in mistakes you made with some super glue and sticky tape. Just like a fuck of art If it falls You start again And be gentle with your touch With my heart and it's getting cold outside. I can see you cry tonight. Just giving me stitches and scars. Julie Bruzekis and Marks. Oh, but it's okay. I'll cover mistakes you made with some super glue and sticky tape. Yeah! <laughs> oh, thank you I so much. Loved it. <laughs> Thanks so much for performing for us. I love that. You won't get that. Like that's a special moment there, everyone. So I'm glad everyone got to hear it. Where can they find the song, Tay? Yeah, well, you can uh, you can stream it on Spotify. It's just under Taylor Piggott um, on Instagram and my Facebook. Yay. And I'll have those handles up for people if they want to hear a little bit more about your self and follow your music journey and listen to some of your beautiful songs but thanks again for joining me today and I will see you in a fortnight for my singing lesson I'll Um, see you then cannot wait (laughs) thanks for joining us Tay speak to you soon thanks so much for having me okay bye. bye